We also set a big, huge target for ourselves with that too. So we we set out to go and, and protect a thousand surf ecosystems around the world, which is awesome. Because if you look at a couple of the data sets that are out there of actually, I'm sure there's more, but of the sort of recognized you yeah. know, surf spots or surf ecosystems, there's between 3,800 and 5,000 wow. in the world. So like a thousand is a big chunk of them. That's Nick Strong Savetich sharing his goal to protect waves around the world as part of the Save the Waves Coalition. This and much more from this man of the water today on this Ocean Life podcast with me, Josh Peterson. Nick Strong Savetich has traveled around the world setting up conservation and ecotourism projects in coastal communities. As a lifelong surfer, Nick has been able to blend his love of surf with his professional abilities and now leads the Save the Waves Coalition to protect sensitive surf breaks the world over. With the audacious goal of protecting a thousand waves, Nick is supported by a strong cast of characters around the world who contribute to the development of World Surf Reserves, help raise funds, and make sure Nick gets a wave or two at the Kelly Slater Surf Ranch. <laughs> On top of all of this, Nick is a humble father, husband, and member of the Santa Cruz Ocean community, ready to spread good vibes to those around him. I highly encourage everyone listening to this who did, does, or will ride a wave at some point to check out SaveTheWaves.org and find ways that you can help Nick and team combat everything from water pollution to sea level rise and coastal development. When you think about how so much of our ocean culture revolves around waves, it starts to feel pretty important to be sure we preserve them for future generations. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for listening. And thanks for sharing in the ocean life today of Nick Strong Savetich. So Nick, holidays, 2019, man. Uh, first, happy holidays. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for the holiday beer. Absolutely. Uh, Gotta have it's, one. It's it's good to be here. I'm looking forward. The holidays are not always a fan of the holidays, but I'm pretty excited about this set. I feel like I can relax. 2020 is going to be better. Yeah. Chill with the family. Possibly go surfing, though. We'll see. How, how nice would that be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds really fun. I've seen it on, on TV. You it looked great. It? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Contest was really exciting. It looked like they were having a blast. Dude, I know. I was watching that at work, too, and it's like, well, is this what I'm doing now? I'm watching other <laughs> people surf and get excited and texting my friends, did you see that wave? Like, okay. <laughs> yes. It's different. <laughs> yeah. So, hectic. I mean, a hectic. Busy year for you busy i mean in yeah. many ways personally professionally we'll kind of get into all of this yeah um but let's start with the professional part sure so save the waves coalition executive director so for folks who don't know what you do um and i'm fortunate enough because you guys are you guys as save the waves are based here in santa cruz yep. i have multiple friends who are part of it in different capacities and so it's very familiar to me um plus i've been doing a lot of research preparing for today yeah, yeah we're on so, the internet it turns out absolutely save the waves.org save the waves.org got it yeah awesome so give us a high level what is save the waves all about well we we've actually been doing a lot of, it's like 2019 is a big sort of uh it's been a big sort of thinking and strategy year for us and like really like we kind of asked that question what are we yeah. actually about you know at the beginning of the year and that, that was an important question that you don't always get to ask. So, so we really thought about it and we we're like, okay, the whole thing that we're doing here is protecting surf ecosystems. So we came up with a new sort of a new category of, uh, of ecosystem to protect, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Cause we sort of like the thing that we're doing doesn't, I mean, it's like when we're in the conservation world, it's like not enough sometimes and we're in the surf world yeah. it's sort of not so we need this category that really huh. shows what we're doing and i think that's super 
important. And when you start to think about a surf ecosystem, um, it all makes sense to anybody that's ever surfed right. uh, or anybody that's sort of seen surfing, you then all of a sudden really understand and appreciate it. And it's basically the, the physical place, the geography, the geology, the bathymetry, the, you know, the ocean conditions that make a surf break happen because there's not that many of them right. around the world, right? So those are the unique set of conditions that come yeah, together to make a wave break. And there's lots of different inputs that go into that, um, which we'll, we can talk about more later. But around, as we'll find, um, around those places, there's also really unique sets of plants and animals that are dependent on those places, yeah. right? And then, but further, there's a whole set of human communities that are dependent on those places. So, you know, how many people in Santa Cruz day is better because they want to surf their Absolutely. spot in the morning, yeah. right? How many of those uh, people knew a bunch of people in the water and that's sort of yeah. the place they yeah, gravitate the community towards? Aspect. So there's a community and there's sort of a culture, right? Yeah. There's yeah. like, oh, well, you surf the lane. Well, you surf yeah. over here. And, and so the place yeah. gives way to these mini cultures, right? right? And then there's a whole economics layer on that is that Santa Cruz is defined economically by the waves, yeah. you know? So, and I'm just using Santa Cruz example. This is, this could be writ large across the world and especially in places that are, are in the developing world like Indonesia or Mexico or, you know, all the far flung places where there's great surf. Like it becomes more than just, you know, a, there's a couple of surf shops and this and that. Right. It's like a livelihood choice yeah. between becoming a sustainable, uh, like a sustenance fisherman right. or being part of a surf economy. Right. So it's like big economic choices for Absolutely. people. So when you, when you look at a surf ecosystem, yeah. it's all of those inputs together that we're protecting in one place. That's interesting. It's not just a wave, it's everything around the wave. Mm -hmm. Physical, like the emotional, the spiritual, the people, the animals, like you said, the, the, the sediment, the geology and everything. That's interesting. I never really thought about it that way, but it's so easy, like you said, once you, kind of come up a level and you look down on the ecosystem thing, it's really easy to see all that, you know? And the thing that's, that I think is important about it is that it fills a gap where there wasn't because surfers were just kind of putting like, oh, we want to protect the wave. Yeah. Right. But they, but not always, like we wouldn't always look at these other elements. Right. And then I think the conservation community would be like, oh, well, we just want to protect the ecosystem and people aren't part of the ecosystem. Right. And I think with the surf ecosystem definition, you're putting people right back in there. Yeah. And I think we are like inextricably linked from these places. Like we are part of the ecosystem yeah, now at this point. We're part uh, just yeah. as much as the harbor seal right. is there in the kelp beds of the lane. Yeah, The surfers that go there are just as much part of that and they need it just as much as that seal does. Yeah, yeah. And so I think when we start to think about it that way, it's really, it's pretty interesting and we're on to a, a really a new concept that's that I think that conservation has missed out on. Because yeah. I've had these, you know, like conservation marine science Folks be like, well, the ecosystem, you can't define humans as part of that. And I'm like, well, bullshit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> maybe not 200 years ago, but today, absolutely. They, people like, affect the place yeah. and are affected by the yep. place. Whether we you like have it or not, it's a. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I think, you know, like um, one of our buddies, our ambassadors, uh, uh, this guy, Cliff Capono, mm -hmm. people probably know, you may have had him on here. If you haven't, you should, because he's yeah. super interesting. No, I'd and, love to. Um, uh, he did this thing to where he did this sort of like a surfer biome study. So he's looking at gut bacteria of surfers around the world. So he did it like from like, I don't know, he went all over. He went to the UK. He was like in Indonesia. I don't know where all the places he went. But and he started to find that um, people who are in the water 
had gut bacteria that was more similar to each other than people who did not go in the water. Uh, and he also found the gut bacteria of people who went in water, surfers who went in the water all the time, had gut bacteria that was closer to marine mammals than people who didn't go in the water. <laughs> That's funny. Which is like, I was like, wow, dude, you're blowing my mind here. So <laughs> it just as goes back to show like, like people yeah. are, people are, you know, surfers are, um, like they, we affect the ocean, and the ocean, right. the, the the ocean actually affects us. Yeah. And now we have like right. science to show that. Right. Kind of right. Kind so, of. so when you see this, like the logo, or you hear the name "Save the Waves," yeah, you think about somebody thinks about okay, they save a wave, and so for the layman, like how would you save a wave? Or maybe they're doing some kind of coastal development that's gonna do something to the wave. Mm-hmm. That makes that's all part of it. But now you're talking about the ecosystem, like a a larger sphere around yeah. that, other things as well. So then how with this sort of shift to preserving the surf ecosystem, are you guys doing different things, like different focus and focal points of protection? That's right. Yeah, I think that's a good. I, I like I like the the save the waves. Um, it all makes sense too, in, in terms of the surf ecosystem, because you're like, oh yeah, you're like you're just saving the waves. Yeah. That's what you're doing, and now you've defined what that means. Right. So it's yeah, so it's, you, yeah. so it's meaningful. We we also set a big huge target for ourselves with that too. So. Um, we, we set out to go and, and protect um, a thousand surf ecosystems around the world, which is awesome. Because um, when you look at like, I don't know, if you look at a couple of the data sets that are out there of actually, I'm sure there's more, but of the sort of recognized you know, surf spots or surf ecosystems, there's, there's like between uh, like 3,800 and 5,000. Wow. in the world. So like a thousand is a big chunk of them. Yeah. You know, it's there's a not chunk. a lot of them. Yeah. Which is kind of uh, oh, that's interesting. Which is important. Um, so, and then how we protect that's really uh, that's been our big step this year too. As we've kind of said, okay, we have these really three strategies that we we do um, to really protect the place. And I think you know the equation that makes the most sense is like, what does it mean to be protected, and what's going to give you the best shot at protecting having a healthy surf ecosystem? You want to have a uh, you want to have legally protected area. So there's a uh, mm-hmm. some things you can and can't do within the within the spot, like a state park, a national park, a marine reserve, whatever it is that limit things like development and all that, like the Monterey Bay National Marine yeah. Sanctuary. Um, you need effective stewardship. So mm-hmm. when things that happen, like water quality at Cowles, for example, yeah. um, you want to have a group of organizations to be able to kind of address those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third is a mobilized constituency. We kind of find like if people don't actually care about these places yeah. and don't buy into the concept of protecting the surf ecosystem, it doesn't really matter because then it won't be enforced yeah. and it's not a political right. priority. So it's sort of those three things we put together and when we have that recipe, we, we see that it actually is like, it moves the needle on conservation as a whole. Right, interesting. Um, so in, you know, just examples of those strategies is like, um, in the surf, in the surf protected area, or in the, in the kind of like creating protected areas, um, one of our programs, World Surfing Reserve, Santa Cruz is one. We have um, yeah. kind of 11, uh, ten others around the world. Yep. So in places like Peru, Chile, Mexico, Portugal, Australia, Puerto Rico, yeah. leaving somebody else out of there too. Right. But, uh, and a couple other it's ones. A growing list. Yeah. And Brazil. That's who I left. They're actually, the, the most interesting one. Yeah. Uh, most recent, uh, Brazil. Um, so we work on that, uh, you know, in Santa Cruz, I think we could do a lot better of a job of kind of getting to the heart of mm-hmm. what it's doing. We've, you know, we've worked a lot on like 
improving cowls, working with the marine sanctuary on water quality issues, and we've just kind of put our heads down and worked on it. Yeah. And I think we can do a better job of of like getting out there because in some other places, like being a world surfing reserve is a huge freaking deal. It's a big deal. You know, like we're going to Noosa in February oh, for the dedication, and it's like, you know, the premiere of New South Wales is gonna be there and like, you know, Rabbit Bartholomew is gonna be it's yeah. it's just a big deal. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of funny the way that like we have it locally. I think we can do a better job. But so creating create going back to my original thesis here, creating protected areas. Yeah. Um we have we've also started to work with people like Conservation International, who has a long um, history of creating marine protected areas. So we've teamed up with them. Cool. So in places like Indonesia where we need so many more multiple protected yeah. areas more than just one world surfing reserve um, we can create networks so we're calling them surf protected area networks nice and where we're going with that um, the next step is in mexico so we've been working a lot on kind of getting the the legalities and and policy right in mexico um in chile we have uh um we've been active there for a long time but now starting to work at some of the some of the you know best most intact waves and most sort of um ecologically important yeah and working with partners down there to legally protect those places right um and then the next steps would kind of be um, working in brazil and uh and costa rica so that's sort of how we're expanding over the next couple of years wow um you know and and i think to support that as i said at the onset we need really effective stewardship so we're working on technology solutions to kind of ramp up um you know fixing water quality problems or fixing big trash problems or fixing erosion problems right. you know, those things that happen on an ongoing basis yeah. um and then i think you know we've been really good at um it's, it's kind of a quote from mick fanning that, that i think of it's like you know save the waves it's like you know it sells itself yeah that's basically what he said it's so good point <laughs> and so using that marketing element to kind of mobilize people through yeah. campaigns is kind of the yeah. third leg of our strategy right. Right. so we've had some big campaigns yep um, to kind of mobilize every surfer, every coastal, yeah. you know, uh, people that care about the coast and right. the ocean to to take action on a number yeah. of things. So yeah. we have kind of popular campaigns. Yeah, that's cool. And I was looking too, and right now, I'm, I believe you guys have an open period whereby communities can basically submit an application, so to speak, to yep. be a reserve. And there's four cool criteria that I'll mention that I have a question for. So one is wave quality and consistency. Yep. Second is environmental characteristics. Third, surf culture and history. Four, capacity and local support. Question is, so you have like this, these criteria that you look at, you evaluate these applications for surf reserves. Is that like quantitative and qualitative? Like how does, how do you like, if, you know, how does it come down at the very end? Do you have two that all look, that both look very similar? How do you kind of decide? Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good question. Um, it's both quantitative and qualitative. So we have a period where <clears throat> we have a ranking process so all those things yeah. actually have a quantitative um, analog somewhere. Yep. So like for, we look at like Surfline rankings, you know, they have the like, oh, yeah. like Lake yeah. Erie to Jeffrey's yeah. Bay, right? right? right. The zero to 10. So we use that ranking. Yeah. Um, there's other criteria where we add a point if there's like a pro contest there. Um, we've actually, yeah. we've had some pretty creative people like answer that one applicant one time, like made this very interesting graph of, um, consistency so days that were it was like yeah. days that are yeah. excellent days yeah. that are good days that are medium days that are poor right and the, the place they were actually happened to have a lot of poor days so i don't think that that helped them but it was like i was like wow you guys like really answered this deep, question yeah and so 
Um, but for each one of those, we have a score. Yeah. But I think there's there's sometimes there's like mitigating factors that may we may miss in there that we will we will also make we will debate right. and, and sure. have that. So yeah. there's a there's like a basically a twenty person vision council that we call that um, that actually selects um, makes the final determination. That must be fun. It's yeah. It's, it's kind of a it, it's like a big raucous group from. I don't know how many countries, but yeah. you know, it's it's got some legends involved with it too. Yeah. I'm kind of both the conservation and the and surf world. So yeah. people like um, uh, Chad Nelson from the Surf Rider Foundation yeah. CEO there is on it. Um, Drew Campion, who is mm-hmm. a former editor of Surfers, there. Uh, Steve Hawk, another editor wow, of Surfer. A lot of different perspectives, similar mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. unique. And then and then we've got a number of people from like Australia, Europe. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, South and Central America. Cool. Fernando Aguirre, I think, is on it as well, uh-huh. but he he doesn't usually chime in that often. Yeah. So it's good. It's a good collection of people um, that actually select it. So I think it, it helps our credibility because it's not just like yes. oh well, save the waves just decided this thing because yeah. they liked so and so at the place and and like got to stay for free totally. or you know yeah. it was like they bros, had a good day surfing with, yeah. with them yeah, and got totally. like the set wave. Yeah. You know, I was like. Um, <laughs> Like, so it's, so it's actually quite, it's a funny process that you, when you have like internal, um, sort of selection criteria of things that are helpful for our programs and then you have kind of external yeah. people weighing in. Right. So it's like, that's an interesting balance, yeah. but we're just, we're just going through another selection right now. Right. And, um, and you know, the, the program's changing too. We're sort of making it more efficient, making more learning between the sites because a lot of times people in Mexico want to learn from people in Australia people in Portugal want to learn from people yeah. in Chile and they've mm-hmm. all done something uh, really well um, that that's really good to learn across from examples right so it's uh, that's one of the directions we're also kind of taking that that particular yeah. program that's cool so you have a model for selection of a reserve <coughs> you've done 11 so far globally yeah. so do you have now like a repeatable model for creating the next reserve like setting it up because I'm guessing that like dealing with a break in Mexico, mm-hmm. politics, culture, you name it, versus Noosa, Australia, politics, culture, they all each have their challenges, I'm guessing. So you have like a framework where you'll go into mm-hmm. the reserve and you then you know, activate on it. And that's kind of a repeatable process, kind of. Yeah, it, all, it looks different. Yeah. Like we've made the process so it can be tailored to the conditions of that place. Right, because they're, they're also really different. Very differing, yeah. um, you know, circumstances. But the, the, the basics that we do is once they're an accepted uh, world surfing reserve, we will um, we will work with the, the applicant group or person. Um, and they usually have it already kind of figured out, but we, we create what's called a local stewardship okay. council. And so that's a that's a group of generally we see it function the best when it's like around seven people. Sometimes it's bigger, sometimes it's smaller. Mm-hmm. It generally has representatives from the surf community. The sort of conservation environmental community local government local business and then academia if yeah. they're around and you get the kind of multiple perspectives right. that you need from that they, they function essentially like a like a board of directors right. for the reserve and the conduit the community yeah um and then f- from selecting those people um we tend to do a big kind of mapping exercise called a conceptual model that sort of says <laughs> what are the goals of this place and then what are the threats to this place, to those goals? You know, and sort of like maybe the goal is like, you know, protect the waves at, 
and we actually did it here in Santa Cruz too. So yeah. it was sort of like, okay, what are the priority places? Right. And then we looked and we said, what are the priority threats? And so the threats in Santa Cruz were water quality, trash, yep. and then sea level rise and, and accelerated coastal erosion, mm-hmm. right? And then so from there we said, what are the underlying drivers? And so one of them was looking at the elements that are going into cowls, yep. um, looking at like what's leading to a lot of trash on the beaches, and then sea level rise is sort of like how does planning exacerbate or help on the resilience of the mm-hmm. coast? And then from there, we have like kind of, we have a set of strategies say like, okay, so for example, Santa Cruz with this process, we said, okay, we need to address the cowls issue. And there's three elements to that issue, which would be um, getting the science right, uh, putting in projects that are gonna reduce bacteria counts, and then um, communicating it effectively to the community. So then we kind of said, okay, here's the actions we need to take for all this. Okay. What are the groups that are going to be involved in this? Right, pull people and so, in. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's really our secret sauce is building the community and right. building the coalition to solve the problems. So we said, okay, the city needs to be involved, the county needs to be involved, Surfrider needs to be involved, Sierra Club needs to be involved. You know, a couple other folks, yeah. and we put it all together, yeah. and um, and then had a you know had five years of the Cowles working group that was actually yeah. bringing it down. So right. if you if you look from where that problem statement happened the mapping process, the actual execution right. kind of stewardship process, we now look at the yeah. we look at the result, which is cowls water quality uh, bacteria counts have, have re- been reduced by at least fifty percent over that period. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've gone from number one worst beach in the world, you right. know, in California. Yeah. To like down to number eight, which is, you know, that's a whole other story. So right. but it's more like if you look at the data it's really made a lot of progress. Yes. And thank you for that. By the way. You know, this, <laughs> all right, yeah, well, we do what I can. Yeah. It's a long, tedious road. But, yeah. Um, but so that kind of like framework, you'll then, again, you're, you're say the one you just set up in Brazil, Yeah. it's a similar thing. You're looking at the goals of the reserve, yep. the challenges to accomplishing those goals, and then figuring out how you knock those yeah. things down. It's exactly the same Whatever thing. they are. Exactly the same yeah. thing. And then we'll usually pick Ideally, we have like a like a manager that will kind of help execute. We don't have it in every place right. yet, um, but that's kind of the goal. And um, and then we'll pick like one or two of the projects where we can move the needle. Yeah, like there's places where we're not going to be able to affect it, and yep. there's places where we can take it on. So we usually have one big project. That yeah, we'll take on. yeah. And that's been you know, we did it in Brazil. We got the we got the the big issue is water quality again. It was a, they have an amazing river. This place that comes out uh, called Guaradombau. I was amazed at Brazil. Um, they just, I, I was thinking it's just going to be all like these kind of crumbly, just beach break, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, and I went there and I was blown away. It, it was, was like this epic river mouth comes out, left-hand point break on one side, right-hand on the like, other side, bunch of beach break up and down, was like, like kind of pumping when I was there. And I was like, whoa, this is not what I had in mind. It was epic. And it was epic. Wow. Yeah. And so big, big meandering river lagoon system um that had a lot of water quality challenges like they don't you know yeah. lots of brazil's uh, yeah. got yeah. like they yeah. don't have sewage infrastructure right. so the big accomplishment and the process that we just walked through was the mayor approved water treatment plan wow so it was like we walked through the same process and said this is an issue did a water quality study showed them what was going on showed them the economics of it and they said we need to do something about this like interesting it's now a political priority. Right. So is the economics 
part a big factor in getting the local community and or politicos, people who really ultimately make the decision to fund and get behind the reserve and all the infrastructure that needs to be set up? Is that, is that, is that a big factor? I think it is a lot of times because people are just surprised, like especially in other random places where surfing's new or right and have like a cloud over it. You know, it's like, oh, it's just those hippies down there yeah, smoking uh, pot on the beach, you know. And then you show them the numbers, and we did the same thing, you know, in Brazil. It was like, yeah, you, you look at the numbers, and like, look, the surfer, surf tourists are are outspending the normal tourists yeah. like three to one, and yeah, and like there's the, more of them every there's year, more, but there's so there's kind of like there's less of them than the other people, yeah. but they spend more yeah. per person. So you could have actually less tourists yeah. and less of an impact, more revenue. And you just have to cater to right. and, and a much more sustainable type of, yeah. of tourism. Yeah. And so, you know, people are always shocked by the numbers. Like even and even me, like even though I'm I'm normal, like, okay, we're gonna come out with a number, it's gonna shock everybody, it's yeah. gonna be awesome. It's like we did that a few years ago in uh, Uluwatu in Bali, and the number that came out was like, you know, per per person yeah. it was pretty high expenditure and just the quantity of people that went through there a was, spot like that. It was insane. On the bucket list of many people to go there. And the damn wave, like, yeah. you know, what we can't, the conservative estimate that we came out with was the wave generated $35 million annually. Wow. The wave. The wave. 35 mil. And that's not like, and Bali's a big tourist economy, and, you know, yeah. people came to, to see it, and there's a lot of, there's infrastructure there and all yeah. that stuff, but it's like. But Uluwatu itself, yeah. people go there just to get one of those waves. And they yeah. will travel and they will spend money. That's interesting. Yeah. And so it was like, I was, I was kind of blown away by it. I was like, that's like a significant chunk of, of I think, I can't remember what the, I think Bali's tourism yeah. economy is like 3 billion or 2 billion or something. I can't remember what it was, but it was like, I was like, well, that's just one, yeah. one way. spot on the whole island of just one activity. And that's like a pretty big chunk of, yeah. of that revenue right. for, you know. Yeah for like uh otherwise like that way like if you you put it in perspective that wave was not there right that whole bouquet totally. end of the right. island is like there's down. no water this bad soil yeah no one grows anything yeah and like otherwise it's totally screwed yeah so yeah it just becomes like it's it's really interesting it's to sort of case super study. interesting it's corollary to like the ecotourism when so the fishermen just wiping out the reefs and fishing everything out yeah they're bringing people in scuba to go yeah. see yeah. amazing stuff. They're yeah. realizing the, the economy of the economics of that. But you know, 30 years ago, they had no idea. Yeah. They don't know, but yeah. until you can educate them and put it in, put the dollar signs in front of them and it's sustainable, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, this, and uh, so, yeah, that's just cool. The, that's, that's the angle you guys take. It's interesting. And you, about that. and you know about diving, like I'm not really a diver or uh, like scuba stuff, I, I, don't, I don't really know that world, but like conservation and diving have been together for super long. Yeah. So there's dive reserves, there's like dive tag fees, there's Absolutely. all this stuff. It's like, and they're like, oh, we'll consult the dive, you know, community yeah. in doing this marine conservation thing. And, and, it, and it's always a part and parcel. And, you know, part of, I think what we're doing on the international scale is like, we're just saying surfing should be treated the same way. Yeah. And it's it's bigger. Yeah. Surfing is it's big. It's a bigger. much bigger sport yeah. than diving. Yeah, you know, and like uh, like and the other thing is like scuba. If you go to Indonesia, 
It's not like you're going to like bump into a bunch of Indonesians at the bottom totally. of the boat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it would be a couple guys like skin diving, yeah. maybe, but you're not going to go hang. You're not going to like yeah. hang out. And you go surfing, and the Indonesian guys are the best guys in the water. Right. And you're like, you're the same for that moment. Right. You know, you get back on land and everything changes. You yeah. can talk to anybody. And, yeah. And, but that's the thing that's cool, I think, about surfing is that you've got this tourism sport that the locals are also doing yeah and so there's this kind of yeah, cool. exchange in a different way yeah so that, that that thing is it's it's interesting for me to be in those situations kind of compare it you know yeah there's very much the human element that you get to experience other cultures it's like when you travel and you have a bunch in your path to just go surf you get to experience a new culture yeah but you get to it's neat that you get to see the cultures their perspective of their home break and what mm -hmm. it means to them you know, and then, and then you get this. I just trip out on that because everybody's very similar in very, very many ways. But the folks in Nusa, in Brazil, Mexico, they all see it slightly different, also. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's cool that you get to see that human element. You know, that's probably just interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to see, to get to know people in like a in a completely different way, and you're connected by surfing, but then you have different, a completely different context. Yeah. And then how decisions make that's always really interesting to me. Is like. People make decisions about their coastline all yeah. the time. And yeah. why are they making those decisions? You know, yeah. that you get to see like, right. what's the decision-making process of that place? Very different. Like, are people listened to? Is it super corrupt? Is, yeah, is it, that's you right. Know? And so you kind of figure out like, who, who sort of calls the shots? What are their interests? Why are they, why would they yeah. protect something? Why would they destroy something? Right. And that and that becomes a pretty interesting little exercise. Absolutely. It's up. probably a lot of listening on your guys' part to just really just come in and just observe, understand how what the dynamics are of the people who are on the ground there and mm. the the local system, whether it's the local government, the people, et cetera. And then you can like figure out kind of okay, here's how this place works. Mm -hmm. And then you can start to figure out how you inject the right people and or processes or yeah. whatever it is yeah. to help those things move yeah, forward. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the element of it. And I, I think that's like an interesting part of the whole, the whole gig. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Now tied to the, the people part too is like the folks supporting you guys, you know, like looking at Instagram and just all the cool events you have, like even your office here in Santa Cruz, like you have just rad people around you all the time. You know, you have guys like, Donors like Al Ramadan and supporters who are just mm. great freaking people. You have yeah. guys like Steiny, who's yeah. just a great character who's in the office. And you have guys like Greg Long and others ambassadors. So I'm just, for you, what's your, your share just like the community of support around this day to day. I mean, it looks like it must be so much fun. Yeah, that part that part's really cool. I think we, we just had our holiday party and it was just really cool to see the cross section of people that we ended up having there. You know, and we do, and that's, that reminds you, because sometimes you feel like you're in the mine by yourself yeah. tinkering away and you're really, you're, you're not, you're, you're part of this big, I, I think it just goes back to the awkward part of our name, right? We're like, we could just be Save the Waves, but we're actually still Save the Waves Coalition. And it sounds like really uh, like, what, what the hell is that? Why did you, Coalition sounds awkward. And, uh, but I think when we think about what we really do, it's just, we do that. We build coalitions of varying shapes, you yeah. know, shapes and sizes. Right. Right. And we built the big coalition and that, and it feels pretty good like um to reflect on the holiday you know like the holiday party of everybody that kind of came out and that yeah. was just our local little right little team it was like yeah it was people varied as you know al who's a just outstanding board member and just kicks ass mm -hmm. in general and um to uh you know to, to people like charles lester who was the 
head the California Coastal Commission for 20 some years, right. you know, to Hillary Bryant, who was the old mayor of, yeah. uh, of, uh, of Santa Cruz and used to be just really helpful to, you know, there's to Jeff Denholm, who I think you've had on here, yeah. and just kind yeah. of like a bunch of, of characters that we, that we all come together. And I think that's what we really try to do is make it really inclusive yeah. and that people feel like they're part of something yeah. and that they're part of a community too. Right. And it's interesting um, to kind of thread it through the surf world. In some ways, we're, we're sort of like, the surf world is very funny. In some ways, we're, we're like completely irrelevant. In yeah. some ways, we're completely the most relevant, you know? And I think that's what's, what's really strange about the kind of like coalition that we formed is hmm. that there's a, there's a group of really neat people that I think want to see what we're doing succeed yeah. and then there's some people that don't really care right and that's the kind of division in the surf yeah. world that you get right i can see that i mean it's interesting <laughs> because surfers don't really always have something to surfing is a selfish sport it's mm-hmm. in its core like you would go out like with your buddies to go surf some red waves or you go out by yourself you don't really care you yeah. know but you want your waves you know yeah, yeah. and it's not you, there's surf clubs yeah and there's your local break and your local community yeah and that's kind of it, unless you're maybe on tour or you're a part of a surf team or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I can see why this is like a there's like a magnetic force of what you're doing because it doesn't matter if you are a big wave surfer or you surf two foot cows, you have something to rally around. You know, because yeah. surfers don't have out of sight of the water. There's not a, you don't really have a lot in common a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's true. So here's this really cool like wave you know magnetic force of people to come around something that has to do with surfing. You know, it's cool. Yeah, and I think that I think that tying in that element too is I think people are like, you know, in, in some ways like we don't have a lot of uh, we don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of connection to wilderness anymore, and we don't have a lot of connection to the ocean, you know, like like historically, people that were on the coast were completely tied to the ocean. Yeah, that everyone knew what the tide was doing. Everybody understood how to predict weather. Everybody understood swell and all that kind of stuff because a lot of people like livelihoods dependent on it right yeah. so at a minimum you understood the coast and we're getting like further and further away Absolutely. from that so the last kind of conduits are kind of like you know like what other activity in your normal modern existence aside from surfing do you run the risk of being like eaten by a thing yeah, yeah. you know nothing you know or do you see you do see an animal yeah. that's in that you're in the same playing field with an animal that's twice your size. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the, ten times your size. Yeah, yeah or ten times yeah. your size. Yeah, yeah. like right. like I think we don't. You know, and there's not that many things where like uh, other than that that kind of like engagement with animals. Like you can go hunting, maybe, but you're like you're kind of taking something. Mm-hmm. I mean. I, I, I like hunting. I think it's, hunting's fine, but yeah. it's sort of different. It's like you're gonna find the animal, you get the animal, you take yeah. the animal back. Whereas, like you're you're just part of the deal when you're surfing, especially right. here. Yeah, you're like, oh, that, that sea lion is is giant. Yeah, it just popped up right That's next right. to me. You're like, oh, I almost just ran over the otter. Yeah, like you should do that. Yeah, that's a lot. But uh, you know, or like like you know, you, you got to see a whale's eye. Yeah. When you were doing a thing like that you know when you're like out in the lineup like th- those things don't happen in other activities yeah you know there's not like 
I don't know. I'm just saying, thinking of like snowboarding or something. Right. You know, you're not like. Yeah. Suddenly like, like a big bear pops up. That could happen, but like, yeah. Yeah. Or you don't go like snowboard down, you know, hike up and like find the chute. And all of a sudden you're like running in a herd of reindeer. Yeah, you're not like, right, yeah. you're like shredding in a herd yeah, of reindeer. Right. Like that just doesn't happen. <laughs> kind of like on any other thing so I, I i guess like yeah diving maybe there's stuff down there that's yeah. kind of exciting and yeah uh, all that but you know i think it, it becomes one of our it becomes like a very um, important conduit to something we're are kind of losing yeah a yeah. lot more yeah so yeah i think that part's you know that part's exciting about about surfing yeah i agree so like the that the act of preserving a wave it's not just preserving a wave so you can just have fun and shred on a wave or but there's the other byproducts of being out to surfing sitting in the lineup and all of a sudden something pops up next to you or whatever that is that magical rainbow you see those things that like are so special when you're out in the water yeah and i think that's it is like if you look at surfing in terms of just shredding a wave which there's nothing wrong with shredding a wave that's a very important part of it yes. you should be shredding like yeah. let's not not shred right for the record uh <laughs> But like, it's a very inefficient manner of shredding. Like if I wanted to go really spread, you know, go to the skate park yeah. and you're going to get a thousand runs right. and like, you're going to go have a good day mm -hmm. surfing and you're going to get like yeah, 20 waves. Right. I don't know. If you're yeah. lucky. Yeah. Depending like, where you're at. Yeah. Like, or, you know, you get really long. You're like, oh wow. I surfed, I surfed the wave for over a minute. Like minutes, not a long, like yeah. skateboard run, yeah. you know, or yeah. something like that. Right. So, so it's like. It's all of the above, yeah. right? It's the it's yeah. the getting in the water. It's the paddle out. It's, it's all the sitting it. there. Yeah. It's the interaction with stuff yeah. that's bigger than yourself. Yeah. You know, it's part of. I mean, I'm giving kind of like a hippie version of surfing, but I think it's an important one. Just as we like progress, is that yeah, you know, you can go to a wave pool, but there's no whale in the wave pool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then you layer on top, just like the physical factor where, you know, sometimes like you mentioned earlier, you can get, you got sucked out to sea or there's a big current or yeah. suddenly you're getting beat and there's rocks and you find yourself like, holy shit, I'm about to get like, you know, yeah, you're, there's that sort of getting out of, side of our comfort zone. It's, yes. Reconnecting with nature is awesome. And then there's that other part of like, Getting outside your comfort zone where it's cold and it's foggy and you got a cramp and or you lost your board and you're swimming or whatever that is. Yeah. Like there's that also part that is so great about. But that's that's nature too, right? Like yeah. nature is like just humbles you, it kind yeah. of kicks your ass. Care right? It doesn't does yeah. not care. Yeah. Like and that's part of nature. It's like it's not yeah. like it's not all like you know whales and rainbows and and yeah. stuff like that. It's also kind of getting your ass handed to you yeah. every now and again, and pushing it. Yeah. And, uh, and you're kind of like, oh yeah, this is uncomfortable. And yeah. that reminds you is like, I don't know, in Santa Cruz or other places, like a lot of your life is very comfortable. You know, you're Absolutely. you're like typing on the computer and yeah. you're like, like fixing the, the nest thing. Yeah, make like a surfline camera and see if you decide you should go out or not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so there's, you know, there's a whole element that's. Yeah, so then let's totally change tracks a little bit and I'd love to hear about, so you grew up in Washington State. I did. You mentioned you, or mentioned, uh, reading some stuff about you, son of a fisherman, mm -hmm. father, and I believe your mother was a teacher. That's right. Is that accurate? Yeah. So talk about it. Where was that at? And just and tie that into sort of, you know, how your youth and where you grew up kind of puts you on this path to what you're doing today. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it actually is a it's probably more tied than I ever really thought mm-hmm. about. You know, it's like when I was a, so when you're a little tiny kid, and I'm watching my kids right now, yeah, who are you know five months and almost three, they're sponges. You know, I look at my son who's almost three. The dude can talk entirely. Like, but like a year ago, not really, right? right? So he learned an entire language in less than a year, right? You know, like think of the amount of of information he's absorbing on day-to-day things. That's right. So what is around them is really important. And I'm probably blowing it for not just like taking him out and, you know, hiking (laughs) and doing all this stuff. I feel, (laughs) oh, you're busy. I'm busy. (laughs) Um, But that that was like, so I look at when I was their age and like, when I was six weeks old, my parents meet, uh, moved to uh, a really small island in Puget Sound called Cypress Island. Oh, cool. On the way to wow. Orchid Island. So there was no ferry. We had a Boston whaler no went back and forth. Dude, that's... So then I think about it now and I'm like, you know, it was always just like, that's that was how, how you kind of grew up. I was like, oh yeah, when we lived on the island, blah, blah, blah. blah. Oh, yeah. this. And I'm like, oh yeah, we were in the, we're in the boat and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, but now I think about that, I was like, well, the almost daily at least weekly commute was in a 17 foot Boston whaler. You know? So, so like I, and now when I like appreciate that as a parent, I'm like, I do not take my kid to school in a Boston whaler, <laughs> which you is know? bad, which ass. is like, he's only been on a Boston whaler once, yeah. you know, like, like, uh, so that part's kind of like, I don't really think about it, but then when I do, when I do think about it, it's yeah. like different, it just kind of connects you in a different way. So yeah. I was, on a small island, my dad was a, a teacher for, well, they were both teachers at mm. that time and they were teaching like um, behavior disorder kids. So these were, this was like an alternative school to juvenile hall, you wow. know, juvie yeah. detention, right? So it'd be like, you're gonna right. go to juvie or yeah. you're gonna go on the island. Yeah, some rough kids. And so there yeah. was like kind of rough kids. And so uh, that was, that's what they were doing. And so I was school, just- So the school was on the island? Yeah, the school was on the island, so you could not escape. Whoa, no way. Yeah. You guys lived there, and these kids were we basically lived there, stationed there. And, there. and then, so, yeah, this is a funny story. I don't actually, I haven't really told that maybe the story, but so my my dad was like, there's gnarly kids here. How are we going to, we, we have this little kid, little baby, like, how are we going to keep him safe? So we got the gnarliest kid to be my babysitter. <laughs> I kept everybody else away. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like, so Do you remember was, those days? Do you remember that? You know, not really. Yeah, I mean, we moved still... off when I was like basically three, about my son's yeah. age right now. When yeah, we moved, um, and uh, but yeah, my mom was like concerned that I was like imitating the bigger kids' behavior. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, which, which is probably your sponge that probably, age, like seeing all that. But yeah. just the just the being like we were just like I was just outside all the time, like in the marine setting, you know, and so that that part kind of like yeah was just always yeah. there for me. And then we moved off in different places, but it just felt like the coastline from that time, you know, just is like super coastal. And you're like, it was like a farm. Or seven, yeah. And you're kind of just outside all the time. And so I, I, I like, I'm appreciative of having that experience. And then it just kind of, I think like trickled down a little bit more. So it was always, you know, we would go, and then, you know, I grew up like outside of Seattle. So after that, it was not, it was not, super coastal to yeah. go surfing i remember we would go like on trips to the oregon coast for the summer right and you go boogie boarding when you're like 13 or whatever right and it's just yeah and you're like in washington you just like everything is such it's such a funny 
I don't know, like surfing and all that. Such a funny, hilarious exercise up there because everything's just so like far away, right. cold, exposed, like, exp- like, just, it's just blowing all yeah. the time. Yeah. It's just so, and you're, and you're like, no one's equipped to do anything like when you're that or that point. I mean, I'm yeah. sure everybody knows what's going on, but like it was yeah, like then, I have my Farmer like, John on and I'm yeah. going boogie boarding, right. and it, the water is forty. Two degrees <laughs> and it's blowing, yeah, <laughs> and, you're, and it's raining on you. And yeah. You're like, I had fun boogie boarding. I think I don't know, <laughs> you know. So it was like, so we had times that we'd go in there, and then, <clears throat> and then more like when I was in college, I moved to Oregon, so I could go um, surf a little bit more, and that was that was like a bigger step. So I remember we would like we'd still go on all these epic trips, like to go skateboard and like surf down the Oregon coast because these great skate parks at the time too. Yeah, so cool. So that was kind of part of the deal. And, um, um, yeah. And then I was, I, after that, I, I, what did I do? Um, yeah, I wanted to go somewhere warm. So right. I, uh, I always, during, when I was in college, I also would always like work as a, uh, as like a whitewater guide. So I did a lot of like rafting. Oh, that's cool. So I, I, I would always, I'd like take people and then that I, I'd just go on these other trips and stuff. So I, I parlayed into like going and live in Costa Rica and like guiding down there yeah. and, and being oh, able wow. to surf a bunch. So, so I got to like live down there and surf and that was like, it helped a lot to, or that was just like, what warm, You're huh? like, wow. like the ocean. I like went into the ocean. My body went into a shock. I was like, no, no, <laughs> like it can't be hot. Yeah, no. What's happening? What the is ocean this? is cold. Like it's not the ocean. Something is wrong, you know, and I just remember. <laughs> so, we, you know, we it um, it's interesting because I felt like in that in those time, it, like when I grew up, there was not a lot of people like surfing. There was people surfing in Washington, but the last time I went I'm up there, and I was like on the ferry, and I looked back, and I was like, oh my god, there's like twenty cars in here that have six surfboards on top oh, really? of each. Like it is a it is like a thing. It's a thing now. And I was like, that was not a thing. Like yeah, there interesting. Were, right. Back at, back then, it was like right. People were just sort of total. They go super surfing. Super fringe and back there, then. And there, I mean, there's there's surf. I mean, there's a lot of there's Westport had people that were surfing yeah. and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. But it wasn't a it wasn't a thing really, and it probably shouldn't be a thing because it's not always very good. Right. I always find that like places that like where people have to like convince you that it's really good. <laughs> It's like nobody from a place where it's really good <laughs> yeah. is like, oh, dude, it gets like pipeline here. Just wait. <laughs> you know, it was like where places that have bad surf, they're like, dude, no, it's really good. Like it's like pipe sometimes. And you're like, like two hours a year. <laughs> you're like, if you're convincing me, like it can't be that good. Cause if it was that good, you wouldn't be telling me anything about it. So, you know, but, um, but there's sick waves though. Like I've heard, are. I remember I was, so Port Angeles. Yeah, my, the brother, northern, my brother lives there now. So I remember I was there for working with Noah. We were up there, mm-hmm. and there's a master marine sanctuary up there. Mm-hmm. Their offices. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head now. It's at Olympic. Yeah, Olympic, Olympic Coast. Coast. That's right. Yeah. I remember doing some stuff. I remember flying out, taking up out of off out of Port Angeles, which is like on the northern edge of Washington mm-hmm. State. Yeah. And flying and looking down and seeing this long roping left. Yeah, there's a bunch of ways. And then looking there. down there, and there was like nobody there. And I was like, what? And kind of was like, oh, did I just see something? Like, you know, the old days of Jerry Lopez spocking, like, yeah. you know, yeah. Indo for all this spot, Bali. And I was like, no, it's actually a, a Native American reserve. And after kind of digging into it, it's like, there's a bunch of sick waves, like you said, but brother, you're not going <laughs> to, 
<laughs> they're not gonna let you go out there and surf you know i've heard some stories there, there's a couple yeah there, there's a bunch there's a bunch of ways i mean it's there's a bunch of swell there's yeah. a lot of coastline there's waves it's just uh it's just a <laughs> labor can, of love yeah can you get yeah. to them yeah i mean yeah you can get to them it, it's they're, they're always far and they're always inclement sort of so yeah. um there's guys that have it dialed but right. they're but then i'm also like i don't know i i'm lazy i guess now and Oh, it's and, tough, man. And so yeah. people come down there like, wait, it's just the way it's like you're complaining about your like four minute drive. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, well, it's just like there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of guys out. It's I crowded. Know, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I love Washington. I mean, Washington's great. You know, yeah. it's a cool. I liked growing up in the Pacific Northwest. I liked that aspect. I like um, we did a lot of fishing growing up, too. My dad was like a commercial guy for most of our cool. Most of our youth. Yeah. So you out on the boats with them and stuff? Like a little bit, but yeah. you know, I, it's kind of funny. I think uh, I, and I look back and I kind of wish that I had done that. My, most my brothers like did a little bit of fishing, like mm-hmm. commercial stuff. And my brother, my dad was a commercial guy in uh, Bristol Bay for, Oh wow. For a lot of years. Yeah, that's badass, so like yeah. 28 years yeah. he did, he did every season. And, uh, and then, you know, when I was 16, was always, when you're turning 16, you're getting on the boat. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, I was in this funny position where I would have to either have, you know, I kind of, I wanted to do it, but I either, I either had to work with my dad or not. Yeah. Like I couldn't go work for somebody else. Right. Go no, there, yeah. You know, and working with my dad would have been just gnarly, like just falling around. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Your boot. Look at your boot. God damn it. <laughs> Get that over there. You know? And then, so, but you know. I kind of wish I did it just for the experience because yeah. I think it would have been a good one. But when you're 16, and, it's like, you're like... But I'm like, yeah. So my, both my brother, I think he mellowed out a little bit. Both my my brothers, I'm like a 17-year-old brother and he's he's like, <laughs> he has way more money than everybody else because he's been like commercial fishing for <laughs> right. the last three years. <laughs> so I'm like, God damn. <laughs> you're like, wait a second. Why does he have all this money? <laughs> Shoot. Uh, so, you, you know, he he did that stuff and uh, my other brother had had few more friends who were into it and just yeah. kind of did a couple seasons yeah like here and there but um yeah you know i, I kind of i don't know i got on my sort of environmental policy track yeah. and conservation and just yeah and that took that, you stayed in that lane for yeah, a while that's yeah. awesome man so then surfing today i mean you were here in santa cruz you know you're busy you have a great career you have a family so not a lot of time but like what's your kind of your quiver, what's it looking like? You know, if you had two hours tomorrow in the lanes, you know, oh, four to six or something, yeah, what would yeah. you pull out? What, what are you looking at in your quiver these days? Uh, you know, I have a bunch of, it's kind of like, I have a bunch of great boards and that I really like. And then I have a bunch of kind of like, I just feel like they're sort of like funny. I guess I'll start the small one. I have like a five, eight Michelle Juno, like diamond tail thing that's sort of, I don't like surfing. I feel like every time I surf a fish, yeah, I always put my back foot through the little. V. Oh, really? <laughs> like I've never <laughs> used it. Yeah. yeah, I'm like I like stand up and put my foot back on the where the tail pad should be, and I'm like, yeah. And so for some reason, I just like having the I like the diamond tail where it right turns and stuff like that. So that's the kind of like small gravelly one. Um, I have I the kind of like standard go to is like a lost six two. Mm-hmm. I don't love it. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I have a weird like Pat Taylor six eight that's got some glass on mm. fins. I don't again. I don't love. Yeah. Um, I got a, I got a pretty cool board I bought from Steiny from Thomas Campbell actually. 
It's the uh, it's green single fin. It's like a 7.0 oh, single fin. That, that was like it. a um, I can't pintail. Yeah, kind of round pinish. What is that? You know, I, got 15. I think it's actually like a bat, like a no. weird like pin, but bat tail. So it's yeah. kind of like that shape. Yeah. Um, cool. And it was in that move in the in the movie The Present. Michelle like actually wrote it in no that way. movie. Yeah. It was That's the one that like they like pull like he's like got the some West Africa point. Yeah. He's like this huge bottom turn. No and, way. And like uh so I, I somehow picked up that board that That's I, that one's pretty fun. Yeah. And then I had uh had Michelle actually make me like a seven six. That's sort of a it's like mushy point break when it's kind of big. It yeah. could be like your one board for anything right and that thing's pretty fun I bet. actually i bet it's sort of like uh that thing i don't know for some reason it's the way that it's like pintail the way that the tail is shaped and the v in it is like it turns almost better than my short just board like a dime just so single fin no it's like and he was like set it up as like a two plus one i was like yeah two, he's side like side bite yeah fin. you're like what? huh I'm like this is like a this is like a fun board. Yeah. Like a and he's like, No, no, like dude. Yeah. And they put it and I was like, oh, like like holds, loads works. up on the on the big fan, and then like it yeah, it just works. And so that board's really fun. It's fun at like at kind of like middle peak rolling into indicators. Yeah. It's like kind of soft sometimes you, section right there. You gotta be able to get on the gas and get mm -hmm. through it. Because it does well on like pretty like walled up waves. Like, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you are like You'll be out there and you like want something to get through the mush, so you have this giant board, and then you're like right. in the like walled up yeah, fast way. You, you have do this like yeah. giant thing that you're trying to, you know, Dude, navigate that's with. And sweet. So, and then I got like a, I've got like a seven O uh, Almeric Black Beauty. That yeah. thing's really awesome. What is that like a? It's like the Tom Curran like okay. like. Uh, that thing's pretty fun. I've been riding it like inappropriate times just to see what it can do. Yeah, just to see and. Um, but it's it's nice to just paddle around and like it turns really well as well. So I, I like that. And yeah. then I've got like a uh like a nine six arrow I think Josh Moore model single fan big longboard. Yep. Nice. I, I like longboarding a lot too. Yeah. I kinda Oh god, yeah, man. It's great. It's, it's you awesome. Mean, you only have like forty five minutes, you wanna get a bunch of waves, you just go grab a log and go. go. Yeah, yeah, just go longboard. Now you guys had an event at the Kelly Slater Wave Wave Ranch. We did. Were you yes. able? Were you schmoozing, or were you able to get out and get some of that? I got a couple. Did you? I got a couple waves. How was that? Uh, it was nerve wracking a little bit. Dude, everybody's watching, right? Dude, the the, the so it was with Al and um, and he put together his big Play Bigger Summit, and yeah. then we were part of it for one day, right. and uh, it was cool. And he had this big vision, and he totally executed that. Like, oh yeah, it was like guys legit. Like he pretty much like <laughs> turned the wave pool onto their business model. Like I don't think if he had done that, like he showed them how to like, oh, they grow this thing. They were like, oh, we don't know if like the big group can come, and it's all weird, and we don't want to accommodate, you know, like the corp. We've never thought of corporate events, so this is totally outside of it. So it was he like, was, and then they were like dude, only doing corporate events now this year, and it. just like, what <laughs> you guys are. You guys are very uncreative. So it was like Al's sort of vision that kind of, yeah. you know, turned. And, and, That's what he and does, so he just, man. you know, he pulled is. together a bunch of Silicon Valley people yeah. that were really stoked and could afford it. And, yeah. And and people that were his clients. So it was cool to get, like, he had people that were from, you know, his reach is giant. So he's got, like, yeah. 
Kelly's going to come and hang out with him and Kai Lenny is going to show up and Bianca and then people that had like surfed a lot and people that had never surfed before and yep. and like he kind of again proved the model for them yeah. which I thought yeah. was cool and then magnanimously like helped underwrite for us to bring a bunch of people like like right. Sid Wade supporters and kind of check it out and have a little summit on 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 technology and the environment and like how can we use places like that to protect the environment so and uh but he did you know during his day he was like he had a bunch of waves and then he was like he was like nick grab your wetsuit mate you're gonna get in there and i'm like huh he's, like, he's like no like now get your board and i'm like okay and he's like get in the pool and i'm like all right and it was great because no one knew where i was i just like put on the thing grab whatever random board like hopped in there and then the, just the thing psh, started shoving the water big train coming and i just like i paddled in there and i was like i'm gonna just rip the hell out of this thing because no one knows that i'm here and so that was really fun wow nobody knew that was you out there yeah and then so it was like oh nick everybody's way nick's gonna go everybody stop and watch well no, no, like, the, totally next day, like, obviously- the next day on our actual save the waves day he's like nick's getting the first wave in the in the day yep best wave of the day he's on the first set it's gonna be glassy he's gonna take it and i'm like so all these people like show up. Building like, up I don't know how many people, 50 or 60 people there. And everybody's like, <laughs> and then I'm like, and if there's not a drop of water out of the, out of place, the goddamn thing is like, perfect, like perfect. Right. And I'm just like, don't fall. So I'm, <laughs> I'm just else. like, don't I'm fall. like, yeah. Ha. Just okay. Like, like it's this little high line. Cruising. Okay. Not too much on the bottom yeah. turn. Like don't yeah. it. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's that barrel. So you stay away <laughs> from down. that. Yeah. That thing is, that thing could get you. And yeah, you gotta, you gotta get to the end of this. So there's a lot more to go. So, <laughs> so I just feel like I was like, so on the first, oh, yeah, the man. first one, I was just like safety surfed it. Cause I was like, I cannot try anything right now. Yeah. Cause there's yeah. like, no, like half of these people have never seen this thing. And like, Everybody probably got their phones out, you know. So I was just like, "Oh man!" And so, did you get into it? Like, were you able to get in one of those barrels? I've heard it's an interesting oh, thing where it's like you know, it kind of like comes behind you. You don't really. It's go not like that. an ocean barrel, yeah. you know. Like you kind of like you're like surfing, and you you're like, okay, like I can start to see the yeah, barrel section. And kind of the bottom yeah. will like like drop out, and it'll start to suck, right. and then you can like kind of hit the brakes and, and yeah. get in there. And it's sort of like you're surfing, and then all of a sudden the top just starts going. Yeah. So it's not like the, the sort of drop yeah, out and suck out. up. Yeah. Cause it's not the way the wave works. It's not hitting the, the like, it's not really hitting the bathymetric features yeah. of the coast. Right. It's like adjusting, like it's a train pushing the top of the water. Yeah. It's interesting. Right. It's not a, it's yeah. not a, it's not a like wind blowing the bottom water and creating all the fetch and then you've got right. different periods and you've got all this tr- like, so it's a little different. Um, so it's a kind of tricky to figure that out. And the last one, I don't I, I it got better, but I definitely like the first wave I was like, I was like, oh, I'm gonna like just smack the lip here. Yeah. And then all You're of like, a sudden oh my God. The, the lip was yeah. like, you know, like right. four feet in front of the wave. You're and like, I was like, oh, I'm not, uh, yeah, I don't know. What am I doing? I'm, I'm seemingly a little upside down for this to work. Here. Yeah. So did you uh, see any like, like ripping pro, like Kelly Titan? Well, not like that. <clears throat> Somebody who was like way better than surfing than you and I are <clears throat> like pro status. Did you see them ride their first wave just to see them like, well, like just, it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious, like what the reaction is people who are just like, 
ripping, ripping to see that thing and adjust in the first wave. You know? Oh yeah, they. I mean, uh, it just takes a couple waves to figure it out. They could figure it out. Yeah, it yeah. takes about the. I, I only rode like one left, I think, and it was kind of hard because um, it sort of you don't. It kind of sections like out in front of you all of a sudden. Hmm. You like are doing a big bottom turn because yeah. you're thinking you get up back up into the pocket, right? And, like, do a big hook and then. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like, it's kind of over there, but it's not, it's not like a fast wall to get where you could kind of adjust and then pump. It's just right. sort of like a bloop. Huh. So that was, that was a little, it was like a little mushy and slow, but I'm, obviously people could do yeah. it better yeah. than me. Yeah. Um, Tyler Fox, like that right. guy's such a I've good heard he's surfer. got that thing dialed. Yeah. He didn't have it dialed. He just was, it's really funny. We, we like brought him along and for some reason, like he ended up in the, in the very like, I think he got there at like 7.30 in the morning, right? And he ended up in the very last like little heat thing or whatever. So he's basically like- All day. All day, like just like frothing. <laughs> you know, he's just like, like getting so amped. And then he tore the lid off of that place. Right. Like I was like- I've like Somebody mentioned with, that. I heard I've that him and I was like, yeah, oh my God. Like, and Kelly had been there the day before and he was surfing. It's like, you know, rips. And Tyler, like, just, just like, just owned, just owned it. Wow. Like, it was, he, he, sir, I didn't tell, uh, maybe I did tell him, but I, I shouldn't have, I should have heckled him a little more. <laughs> but, like, he surfed better than Kelly did. Yeah. He was just at his own wave. Yeah. Wow. But maybe, you know, maybe Kelly was just taking a cruise right. in or something like, like that. And Tyler was like, had too much, too much, too much Just, yeah. But he, yeah, you just, just absolutely yeah. dismantled that place. Dude. And I was like, oh, oh, that's, that's what you, I see how you do it. You, I was doing it wrong. I was, yeah, you have to do it like that. Yeah. So that's sick, man. That's sick. So as we we're mentioning, you know, <clears throat> that's one rad event of 2019, which is ramping down now. And you're excited about 2020. So what do you see, like, what's out there that you're excited about for 2020? I think we've got like our, we're kind of coming up with like Save the Waves, you know, 3.0. Like we oh, kind of cool. have these different yeah. phases. Like yep. it's been in 2.0 for a long time to use the tech analogy, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of, like I said, the, the strategic plan, we just got everything aligned. We're like very focused on, on pushing forward a bunch of the, you know, big initiatives that we've been working on. Yeah. The, creating the, the surf protected area. Uh, networks and so expanding to new places is going to be really exciting. Right. I think just stepping up with new partners. Um, we've got like the chance to work with a bunch of kind of cool, bigger, bigger partners. And then I That's think awesome. um, we've been like finally hitting our uh, strides on fundraising, which has been good. Oh, cool. So that, that's been. That's the thing that keeps me up at night is like, holy, how do we pay yeah. all these bills? How do we keep the lights on? on? Yeah. Like, and so now I think we're like, we're getting to that point where we're, we're not just like scraping by all the time. And, yeah. and, uh, so that's really exciting. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, you know, we've got a bunch of stuff in Australia coming up. So like the Noosa stuff will be really cool. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about that. Bad, there's, yeah. there's, that's gotta be a badass, really cool community. I'm guessing. I just, great. yeah. Just the people I've interacted with from that who surf there, they just, it's just like a, it looks like a rad spot. I've never yeah. been, but I'm just uh, guessing it's going to be cool. The last time, it was very funny because um, I guess it's the only time I went to Newset, but, um, you know, we met up uh, with Phil Jarrett. He's a big surf journalist. Mm. He used to be the publisher for Tracks. He's written tons of stuff for Surfer's Journal. He's got all, you know, he's a pretty well accomplished guy. And, 
And I got there and they just put the absolute screws to me about like <laughs> lobbying to become a world surfing reserve. And I was like, guys, I love what you're doing here, but you know what? Like I don't make the decision. Like there's a whole yeah, process. Like <laughs> so you gotta go through the process. I love, I love this. This is awesome. But it was just really funny. You know, we went to the new festival of surf and yeah. Oh God, um, you were there. The whole thing That's was cool. like a trippy experience in Noosa. It was really fun. Um, we had all these Peruvians that came with us from the, the World Surfing Reserve in Peru. And uh, and so part of that reserve is preserving this um, kind of ancient um, seafaring culture. Yeah. And the, what's called the Caballito de Totora, which is like a reed boat. So it's one of the first yeah. surf elements. And it's this kind of right. um, like elf shoe looking thing yeah. made out of reeds. Um, and, and the fishermen use it to this day. So it's like, and it's been, you know, 3,500 years of history that they've been using the same technology. So and rad. so for the first time, they wanted to show like Peru is actually one of the first surfing yeah. nations. Yeah. And so these guys managed to bring it all to Australia and construct them with one of the, that's cool. One of the local fishermen there. So the dude is awesome. This guy, Wavito, wow. he's like a good friend of ours. And, uh, uh, he didn't speak any English, <laughs> really. So they just dropped him like in Australia. <laughs> just and the like, guy's such a showman. He just he didn't. He didn't care. He didn't know what was going on. He'd just be like, he'd just say all this stuff like, from the bottom of my heart yeah. and with the grace of God, I am so happy to be here <laughs> in Australia with you. And no one knew what no, he no, said no. in Spanish. <laughs> and and everybody would just be clapping. He'd be like, yes. He'd be better, yeah. So we had those guys. That's Felipe cool. Palmar was part of that that whole collection, and we had just been traveling around parts of Australia, and then we're in in Noosa. So it was like it's just really lots of funny stuff. Like so, cruising around with those guys, which like half of them couldn't speak English very well. So I was translating, yeah, and like yeah. we're in all these weird. Like somehow, Wavito the fisherman got enrolled in the like like surf cross event. <laughs> Like, so he's paddling with all these yeah. dudes that are like in the Molokai thing. And you're like, I'm like, you're like, I don't know how. And he's just like, ah, those guys are so big and fast. I don't understand. And it's like, that stuff. We like ran into Robbie Page. Oh, no way. And yeah. like hung out Pagey. with Pagey, wow. which is hilarious. I bet. He is, that guy is awesome. Oh, wow. And like, so we meet him and he's like, oh, you're Nick from Santa Cruz? No, you gotta know my mates. I've been in Santa Cruz. You put my girlfriend. She, you know her. And I'm like, how do I know? How do you know I know your girlfriend? And I'm like, I don't even know. He's like, oh no, she's just right over there. You know her. And I was like, look. I was like, what the heck? You're from San Francisco. There's this girl that I knew, like this girl Courtney. And I'm like, and that's Paige's girlfriend. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I know. How are you? What are you doing here? And then Paige is like, oh yeah, no, we're gonna go start. My, you can't. And he just like would have the funniest stories in the lineup. And then he'd be like. Like, so, I don't know, Pat my probably was like, he'd be like, you, out of the way, mate. Nick's going, no you don't, pat, you, just, don't pat, you get off the way, mate. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> no way. So pa Paige is just like, he was just calling absolutely a cr just crazy. Oh. And he's like, yeah, next time, now I'm going to go surf Mavs, mate. You know, next time I'm in there, I surf Mavs and we go paddle out, you know, take up the donuts. And that place is intense. You're like, like, mm. And I'm like, no, I don't want this. Yeah. And then, like, Watch. sure enough, it was very funny. He told me he was going to come to Santa Cruz and surf, and surf Mavs. And I remember, what? <laughs> Oh my God. One day, like driving home from Davenport and, um, and like seeing like a bunch of mouse boards on top of this car. And I'm like, yeah, I wonder who that is. Yeah. And I like pull up the side of the, of this Jeep 
right? And the window like rolls down, looks at him and goes, hi, Mike, can you tell me how to get to Mission Street? No and way. I was like, Robbie? And What's he's it, like, yeah. yeah. And he's like, no. oh, hi, Nick, how are you, Mike? I'm like, it's just like, he, and he thinks it's like part of the, it's just like, oh, it's, yeah, oh, yeah why would it be there? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, I, and it was like, you have no idea how random this is, but like, yeah, let's go, <laughs> let's like, go hang out. <laughs> That's so classic. Dude, this guy's, I love the Australians. They're so, their, their energy level, yes. I mean, they're A, like they just go big drinking beers, just stories, the whole interaction, but then in the water, like they'll drink all night long, get up and do stuff in the water that like, I would, I would oh. train for a week. Uh, all healthy and sober and they'd still smoke me like they are just fucking badass it's it's pretty uh, it's a pretty awesome and hilarious place yeah and there's some yeah there was some there were some characters there like Robbie and then there were some like really cool guys like Tom Wegner is like out of there he was like super awesome and thoughtful and cool and he's like a PhD he's been on yeah oh yeah oh yeah that's right yeah you had him amazing yeah yeah and i was like oh you're awesome and he is just yeah so there's all these cool greg yeah. huglin somehow lives there he's like this wow. like big filmer yeah. guy that is dude that yeah and, that's that and, would be rad that's cool you guys are going there next so then let me ask you one thing so like setting up these reserves and like everything that goes into it like the challenge of doing that versus like getting your three-year-old to go to sleep which one's harder <laughs> god <laughs> Well, the three-year-old getting to sleep takes longer. (laughs) Oh, my God. He doesn't sleep. He just doesn't sleep. I think the reserves might be more successful, but they take longer. Yeah. The the three-year-old. sleep tactics. He does not go to sleep yesterday. It's just full on. Yeah. Like shrieking at oh, night. Yeah. I'm like, why Why are you shrieking? Yeah. Why do we have to be yelling? You but like going to sleep. I know. It's gnarly. He uh, just wakes up a lot. Yeah. And, um, but he's getting better, hopefully. Yeah, man. I'm I mean, every day is a new day and they move forward and like, well, wake somebody, up and I think maybe it was Steiny who gave me this advice. He was like, you know, have you ever met somebody who doesn't sleep? It was like, everyone learns how to sleep eventually. Yeah. <laughs> like, just wait. It'll never happen. met yeah. somebody who was like, nope, 18 years didn't figure it out. You know, it's like that's a good point yeah so, it'll happen so it'll it'll happen yeah. and then we'll we'll sleep again and yeah then i'll i won't forget my keys as much and maybe it's well maybe time. it's just an excuse that i forget my keys because yeah. i'm so sleepy well, you gotta have excuses yeah. for stuff yeah but, well nick i want to tell you man thank you for awesome. sharing yeah educating i love listening to all this stuff i have four billion more questions but Maybe we have a part two. Maybe at the end of 2020, after phase three of Save the Waves Coalition, see how what's different, what's new, all the cool things you've accomplished, both personally with the kids, the Groms, and then. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening uh, to another podcast episode. Can't do it without you. And uh, so thrilled to have you here supporting uh, myself and the podcast and all the guests uh, continually. Always appreciate a positive um, rating on your uh, your podcast app, whether it be you know Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it. Just helps helps grow the podcast and uh, spread awareness. So thanks for that. And then any uh, social media mentions, always super appreciative. And uh, if you know somebody who you think would be great to have on the podcast to share the, about their ocean life please hit me up. I'd love to chat with them. Or if you think you'd like to, let me know. Uh, Email is josh at thisoceanlife.tv. All right. Thanks, guys.